Okay. Um, good evening. Tonight's uh, learning has been dedicated by Rabbi Avram over here, Plotkin. This is in honor of his father's yard site, Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Tzvi, whose yard site is tonight. May his neshama have a really, really great aliyah to the greatest of heights. Maybe Mamshech and channel lots of brachas to you and everything, to the mishpacha, to everything. In, in, in goodness that is seen and perceived, both and all the good things. The name being, his father's name is Nachum, it reminds me of, I'm still thinking on Parshas B'Shalach. B'Shalach, it says, V'loi Nachum. So there's a story that someone said to Ramach. It says in the beginning, V'yi B'Shalach Pari Yasa'am. V'loi Nachum Elikim, Hashem had not sent Elikim. Hashem did not lead him. So there was a, uh, a various misnagdim who told Ram Nachem of Chernobyl. It was a great, great Chassidish Rebbe. They said to him, you, you, you conduct yourself as a big Rebbe, as a, someone who has spiritual powers and control over things, and people come to you and they ask for your blessings. But it says Beferish in the Pasuk, V'loi Nachem Elohim, that Nachem is not, is not an Elohim, he's not a power, he's not a God. And you portray yourself as some kind of a... So he said to them, that a Cheretz plished him. On the spot. Isn't that good? If you're gonna quote, you have to get the whole quote. In any case, okay, so we were Yoytza Milsa the Bedichasa, and now we can learn. So a couple of years ago, I hope it's on the it's on the website, the Maimer Moshe Yadaber. Moshe Yadaber is a classic. It's um, one of the main in Yonim, one of the main and main in Yonim that is discussed in the Hasidis. Its foundation is founded on this Maimer. One of the big inyanim that is discussed in Chassidus, that Chassidus talks so much about, is the idea of the chiddush of the mitzvahs after Matan Torah over the mitzvahs that were before Matan Torah. That the, that the mitzvahs before Matan Torah were all done in the spiritual realms. Avram Avinu did the whole Torah, Yitzchak did the whole Torah, Yaakov learned, you know, but it was all in the spiritual worlds. And they didn't have the koyach to be mamshech elokus, to draw down godliness, begashmias, into the physical. The chiddush of Matan Torah was that um, we were given the ability to bridge heaven and earth and to make the physical not only holy, not only sanctify the material and the physical, but to make it godly, to make it unified with the Ebershter himself. And in the pu'ula of a mitzvah, the guv gashmi of a Jew, in the doing of a mitzvah, the physical body of a Jew becomes holy, becomes godly, becomes an expressor of the Ebershter in this world. Mamish in the physical cells of the body, in the physical, uh, and also in the object that you're doing the mitzvah. 
That was the big breakthrough of Matan Torah. That's the big Chiddush of Matan Torah. That idea is rooted in the Maimar Moshe Yadaber. That um, the Alter Rebbe asked the question, it says by Matan Torah, it says Moshe Yadaber, that Moshe would speak, and Hashem um, answered him in his voice. So what does this mean that Moshe was speaking? The Alter Rebbe asked the question, what does it mean that Moshe spoke and God is answering? In what sense was Moshe talking and Hashem was answering him? Hashem, Hashem spoke by Har Sinai. The Abishta, we heard directly from God, the Aseris Adibris. So what was this, at least the first two? Or the other ones, when we heard later, Hashem said it to Moshe, and we heard Hashem speaking to Moshe, and Moshe told it to Eden, but that's not that Hashem was answering him. Rashi, I think, says, means that the Abishter amplified Moshe's voice. But the Lashen Ya'anenu means that Hashem is answering to him, responding to him. And in which sense is there a Moshe Yedaber? Another question he asks, why does it say Moshe Yedaber, Moshe will speak in the future? Or Yedaber means also continuous, something that is being done continuous, you can say yeah, like Rashi says on Kachayase uh, Eiv. So Eiv does mean something that is continuously done. It's now and continuous, you can say that. But Lechayr, it should have said Moshe Diber, because it's describing an event that happened. Moshe spoke, Ve'alokim Ana, and Hashem answered it. So the Alter Rebbe explains that in these words, Moshe Yadaber Ve'alokim Yanena Bekoil, this, this pasuk describes the whole chidush of Matan Torah. The novelty of Matan Torah is Moshe, according to the, according to the, the Pirish of the Alter Rebbe, Moshe Yedaber, Moshe will lead. Yedaber is a Lashon Hanhaga. Moshe will lead, will conduct. He's conducting the energy. Where is he conducting the energy? He's conducting the energy down into the three lower worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asir. In other words, Avram, Avinu, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, they kept the whole Torah. And what the keeping of the Torah means, giving God expression in the world. That's what, that's what Torah and mitzvahs are. It's giving the Abishter expression through his limbs, which means giving the Abishter some kind of a, a, a form of an expression into the world. But Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov only accomplished that. The Avais and the mitzvahs Tilmat and Torah only accomplished that in the most sublime world, which is essentially still attached to the Abishter, in the, in the infinite, in the realm of Atsilus, which Atsilus is a world of emanation. But it wasn't able to enter into the creation. The creation is a level of Misham Yipared. It's worlds of Pirud, worlds are separate, essentially separated with their separate consciousness, which is a strong disconnect. And over there, even though they did the, the physical mitzvah they did down here, but all it was, was symbolic of something that's happening where in the most transcendental, holy, godly world of Atsilas. And that's where the godly flow, a gushing flow of divinity, came into the attributes, as we'll be learning today, and giving the Abishter manifesting God into various different modes, which is the idea of mitzvahs, giving the Abishter limbs. Hashem essentially has no limbs. Because he doesn't have any tzior. The Abishta doesn't have any form. God doesn't have any definitions. He is formless. He is endless. Now you're giving the Abishta a form of his midas. 
Chesed, Gvurit, the Ferris. That's what mit- mitzvahs are all about. They're all giving God personality. It's the divine personality. But where was that personality expressed? In Atzilas. But by Matan Torah, what happened was Moshe Yedaber, Moshe conducts the energy down into creation mamish. Not only in Tatsilus, which is every mitzvah, but which was done already earlier, but he breaks the barrier, the infinite barrier between Atsilus and worlds. And he brings it into Bria, not only in Bria, even into Yetzirah, and not even in Yetzirah, even into Asiyah Mamish, and not only Asiyah Haruchni, spiritual Asiyah, but Asiyah Hagashmi Mamish. That in the physicality, while a Jew is doing a mitzvah, you're touching God when you're touching his hand that's doing a mitzvah. Because his hand is not his hand, his hand is the Ebershter's hand. And so it is with every aspect. Until when Mashiach comes, we will have so thoroughly burnt out, eliminated the Yeshus the sense of separateness of this world, that the physical world will shine with the same brilliance, with the same transparency as Atzilus is shining. There won't be any difference between physicality and the, and the, and the, and the lichtekeit, and the godliness of Atzilus. Because Torah and Mitzvah has, has, has accomplished such a thorough, pure purification, cleansing in, in all of creation, that physicality becomes just as reflective as, as Atzilus, as, 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 as the supernal first world. And that is the novelty. That is the breakthrough. That is the awesomeness of, of Moshe Yadabe. And, and he's going to explain. He explains also the idea of Elikim Yanenu Bekoilas Be'ez Hashem, as we're going to see. So this is the seeds. This was the idea of that mime. In order, why is Moshe able to do that which Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov were not able to do? What was Moshe's chiddush? The novelty of Moshe. That Moshe Rabbeinu was able to do something that the others were not able to do. So he explains that is rooted in the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama comes from a much higher and a much deeper place than Avram. Avram's neshama is rooted in Atzilus. Primarily in the attribute of chesed. That's where Avram's neshama is. Yitzchak's neshama is in Gevurah and the like. And even in a higher level we say, Avram's neshama is rooted in Chachma of Atzilus. In the first attribute of Atzilus. But it's still Atzilus. And what's Atzilus? Atzilus is measured godliness. Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama is rooted in Keser. In the crown. The crown represents or in soif, the infinite. And that's the Chiddush, why Moshe Rabbeinu, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was drawn out of the water when he was born. His name is Moshe, Kimena Mayim And what does Mayim mean? It's explained in the Arizal, in the early Mekubalim, that when Moshe Rabbeinu was plucked out of the, out of the, out of the, um, out of the water, it means that Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama was taken from what's called Shemitah Rishayna, the first Shemitah. What does that mean? That there are seven Shemitahs. We are now in the second Shemitah. In a Yovel, in a Jubilee year, there are seven Shemitahs. So we know that there are 6,000 years is the world, and the 7,000th years is Yom Shekulei Shabbos. We're now in the middle of Friday. We're now, now 5,776. So we're already Friday afternoon. That's what we're holding. And then, finally, afterwards comes Shabbos. Yom Shekulei Shabbos. That's, that's the seventh millennium. But that's only one Shemitah. Before our millennium that we're in now, there was another Shemitah. However, the Arizal explains that that's not that there was another cycle of time as we know today. 
The worlds that we know today, Atsilos, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, that's all part of this Shemitah. When we say there was an earlier Shemitah before the Shemitah, the, according to the Arizal, not all Mekubalim agreed with the Arizal. But this was the Yechidosh of the Arizal, where the Arizal was Mechulik on the, on, on the Mekubalim that were before him. Where the Arizal says that the Shemitah Rishayna that it said, that existed before the Shemitah, was Bechlal, not this world. Not this world, not even the Ruchni Yistigah world. It was Oilam Atoyu. It was a complete different type of existence. And Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama comes from there. Minamayim, from a way, which means where things are still ain't safe. Mamish ain't safe. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, who has the neshama from Shemitah Rishayna, comes from Mayim, comes from Keser, from the crown, from the ain't safe. Moshe has the ability to do the impossible. Avram has certain limitations. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, their limitations were... They can, they can bring, they can draw down godliness, but they can only draw God into a place that's already godly. They can increase godliness in a place that was, Atzilus was already a godly world, and they increased the flow in Atzilus. They, as we're going to see soon, we're going to learn about that today. They developed, they caused the maturity in all the attributes of Atzilus, that all those attributes developed, and that godliness was gushing. The pipes, the pipes were, were pulsating with life. And until Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, there was a, a tiny little trickle. And now it became pumping with life. Unbelievable. But it stopped in Atzilus. It did not have the ability. And therefore, the, the, the Rebbe actually, it doesn't say it in this Mimer, but in the other version of the Mimer, of the Mittler Rebbe, where, he, he, where he's another version of this Mimer, he says, Gishmak, he says, had Avram Avinu actually blasted God's light into this world, where were the, then he would have had thousands upon thousands of followers who would have been tzaddikim, would have become tzaddikim like him. In the end, what did he have? He had 318 guys who followed him. If he would have been able to cause Gilui Elokus, he would have been a Rebbe for thousands of chassidim. He didn't. He had 318. And even they, it says, as the people that he made in Kharan, afterwards they fried out after he died. They went back. They didn't even stick around. Because well, what happened with all those chevra? Where are they? Gigangan. Why? Because he didn't have that ability to register godliness in the physical world. Oh, why? So the marshal that he's going to explain, and the idea is that when someone is very smart, he's able to teach smart people. But when someone is brilliant and is a genius, he's able to teach dumb people. So the more brilliant someone is in the ability of having a breitkeit, a broadness of mind, the lower you're able to go. So Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are brilliant in terms of their souls. They were, they, they were great, great, great minds, great thinkers. And therefore they were able to be mam but only in a place that's already godly. But Moshe Rabbeinu, because his neshama is rooted in keser, the chiddush of keser is that it's able to bring... Elokuz down into Mamish, into Ba'olam Azahagashmi. Rabbi Yosef on Shavuos, one of the, the Amaroyim, Rabbi Yosef used to say, he used to make a statement. He used to say, I say, go make for me Iglatilsa, go make for me a good barbecue. Go get a, a, a calf that is three years old. That means a nice Oiska Pashit. Or some say it means the third one in the family. So the, by the third one, the I don't know, it, it seems that finally the parents get it right by the third one and they can create a nice Zaftika, 
um, um, uh, animal. Go get a, a really juicy, fatty animal and barbecue it. Because, and he didn't say that on Pesach. He didn't say that on Shavuos. I'm sorry, he didn't say that on Sukkot and all the other Yom Tovim. But on Shavuos he would say, go make... Why? Because Elav Hayoyma, if not for this day, Kama Yosef Ika How many Yosefs are there in the street? So, so how do you learn that? How do you understand that? How do you understand? So if you start a a lake with her, so what do you say? You say, take a look. If not, I'm a Talmud Chacham. And if 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 not for Matan Torah, if not for Shuas, well, then what would I be? I would be a nobody. Now I'm a somebody. So now let's throw a party. That's how, that's how you learn the Bepashtas. How many Yosefs are there? Bishukah and the Shuk, meaning I'm Yosef, and there's so many other Yosefs. What would make me Yosef? What's this Yosel different than all the other Yosels? Nothing. But now that we have the Torahs. But the Alter Rebbe learns much deeper. He doesn't say, Rabbi Yosef should have said, Elav HaTorah. What's the emphasis of Elav HaYoyma? If not for this day. So you can answer, because this is the day we got the Torah. So that's why he says, if not for this day. But the Alter Rebbe says, no, dafk if not for this day. Not if not for, for the Torah. Because, mat, because Torah we had already before. It's not like we got, Shavuos didn't create the Torah. Before Shavuos, we also had the Torah. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov learned Torah. It says, Avram, Zokain, V'yoshev, V'yeshiva, Hoya. Avram was a Zokain, he learned in Yeshiva. Yitzhak was a Zokain, V'yoshev, V'yeshiva. Yaakov was a Zokain. They went to... Mitzrayim, as Yehuda Shalach Lafan of Goishna, they sent Yehuda in front of them to make a yeshiva. And they learned Torah. And not only that, they did all the mitzvahs. So what's the Chiddush by Mount Torah? And the answer is, we spoke earlier. The Torah and mitzvahs that they did before Mount Torah was all affecting only the spiritual godly realms above. It increased godly light in the, in the, in the realms above. It did not penetrate into Gashmi's physicality couldn't become holy. But on what happened, what happened on, on, on Matan Torah? Matan Torah, the Chiddush was Moshe Yedaber, that it was Moshe that was bringing the Torah. They had Moshe Rabbein. And Moshe's Nisham, as we said before, comes from Keser. And that's why he says a Gaval de Indian. Torah we had before Matan Torah. But we didn't have the infinite dimension of Torah. We had Torah with limitations. That means that what didn't we have? We didn't have Keser Torah. The Chiddush of Shavuos is not Torah. The Chiddush of Shavuos is Keser Torah. Dafka on Shavuos is when we merit to receive the Ein Soif. And he explains actually why. Because Shavuos is Mimachras HaShabbos. It comes after seven weeks that we're counting. Seven, he explains the Seder Rishtal Shavuos. The whole order of worlds are built on a system of seven. Mimachras HaShabbos, the morrow of the Shabbos means that which is higher, that which is Ein Saif, that which is the 50th day, Belig Vul, Ein Saif. Keser Torah, the crown of Torah, that reveals itself on Shavuos. And that's what Rabbi Yosef means, Ilav Hayoyma, if not for the day of Shavuos. Kama Yosef Ika. Yosef, he says, comes from the word Kama Hoisafos. You can make Hoisafa, you can make Hoisafa. Hoisafa means you can add, you can make an addition, and an addition, an addition. But Ike Bishuka, the street still remains a market. It still remains a, what's a, what's a shuk? A shuk is a Rishusarabin. Rishusarabin means a, a public domain. It means that God's unity does not permeate that place. 
The place still remains a fragmented place. The shuk remains a shuk. This world still remains a chicken coop. This world remains a world with the billions of egos. Not a world that's unified with the Abish. But once Matan Torah was given, what happened? Now, godly, Elokus can catch up with this world to the point where it grabs piece after piece after piece after piece and it's nichlal, it includes it into the yichud of the Ebeshtah. One day we're going to open our eyes and we won't believe the reality that we're living in. Everything is going to look so different. Trees are not going to look like trees. They're going to look like the Ebeshtah expressing himself in a tree. And the same as every human being. When you look into a human being, you're going to see God in that personality. The Ebeshtah. And the emesis, we've already accomplished it. We've done it through thousands of years of Torah mitzvahs. We've changed the nature of every being and every object. That it's no more an object. Everything is just an expression of the Ebeshtah. Because we removed already the klipa and the ashes. I, why don't we see it? Until Mashiach doesn't come, the lights are closed. There's a tiny little film still blocking on our eyes that we don't see it the way it is. The moment the Ebeshtah snaps his finger, because Giyula has come, it's going to go away, and we're suddenly going to realize how godly we have all become. How, how one with the Abishter we are. And all of existence is just an expression of the Abishter. That came about, which means the shuk stops being a shuk, a marketplace, which is a public domain. It becomes a private domain. It becomes a place for the yachid to express himself. And that's what Rabbi Yosef means. If not for this day, in which we've gotten keser Torah, Kesar is with the limitlessness of Torah, which gave the ability that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be Yosef Ikebeshuka. It shouldn't be another Haisafa. Avram Avinu is making Haisafa, but the Shuk still remains a Shuk. It's not going to be a Shuk anymore. Now it becomes all at a Shusayachid. That's the idea. So that's the Mimer. I just did a synopsis of the Mimer that the Alter Rebbe is now going to explain. Because remember, I, remember I, spoke, I mentioned this many times. The Alter Rebbe used to say Memorim. And the Memorim that he would say were Alpi Chasidis. Then what he would do afterwards, he would explain the Maimur. But what he basically did after when he explained the Maimur was he explained that very same Maimur, Alpi Kabbalah. In other words, he went back to the Arizal, he went back to the spirit, to the Zoyar Arizal and the like. And he was showing you that that which he explained, Alpi Chasidis, where it's, what's, what's its underlying infrastructure in the writings of the Kabbalists? So he then he takes you to the car and he opens up the hood. Like this, he shows you a car. He says, take a look. In the mimer, he takes you for a drive in the car. Afterwards, he says, now let me open up the hood and show you around how I created this. And that's what the beer is. So the beer is usually much harder than the mimer. The mimer, you can get away just, you know, it's easier learning. The beer is usually more Kabbalistic and more... But we learned the Mimer already many years ago. And we learned already almost all the Mimarim and Lakut in Torah or We're left now mostly with the Biurim. So today we're going to learn the Biur. So what I just did is a synopsis of the Mimer. And now, and some of the Biur. And now let's learn the Biur. Biur, al Pasik. This is on, and the Mimer, by the way, was said, Tafkov Samach Vav. It was said 210 years ago. It was said on Shavuos. It was a Shavuos Mimer. So 136. Um, in, in, in Torah Or, um, in the first column, it says, Bir al-Anal, the explanation on the above, Bir al-Pasuk Moshe Yadaber. Now he's going to give a beer on the Pasuk of Moshe Yadaber. If you need a copy, there's copies here. The Im even though, 
the Kayim Avram Kolatayrakula, even though Avram Avinu was Mekayim. Um, Kola Taira Kula, the entire Taira actually nitna until it wasn't given. The main Hamshacha that Avram Avinu did was only above. Avol Moshe Yedaber. But Moshe spoke. What Moshe Rabbeinu accomplished was to be able to bring the revelation of godliness not just above, Lamaila above, but Moshe Yedaber. Moshe brings down the Yamshech, and he's Mamshech liyasagilu lamata gamba asiyah. That in Oilam asiyah, in the physical world of asiyah, here too there should be the gil. Tzarech lahavu, we need to understand the mahu he'inyan, what is the idea? Shehimshech avram ayadeya mitzvah lamaila. So what do, when we say Avram did mitzvahs, what was Imam Shech Lamayla? What, what? He wants to explain first, what was Avram doing Lamayla? When you say he, he did mitzvahs and he, brought, and, he, and he brought down godliness above. But isn't there already, isn't godliness already above? What does he need? To, what is he accomplishing? What did Avram do with his mitzvahs? Ach, who? The idea is, or in the bottom he says, Ach, ha'inyan who? The idea is, that's from a different version. When it says that Avram Avinu did the mitzvahs, what it really meant means that he gave God a body. When you do mitzvahs, you're giving the Abishter a goof, so to speak. Because the thing is like this. The Abishter created worlds, and worlds are all limited, defined. We all have limitations. We have boundaries which make us who we are our character, our definitions, which are based on our limitations. What I can do, what I can't do, and the like. And he is, however, boundless and endless and ain't safe. So in order to communicate with this world and to be able to channel himself down into this world, there has to be some kind of a mamutza, there has to be some kind of a medium that will, that will bridge the gap between a being that has no definition, no form, therefore is at the essence of abstraction, what Abishta? You don't know nothing about him. It's just, it has no definition. So what, what can you say? Oh, so that's why there is an Indian that the Abishta shows himself in a certain form. For example, whenever we're thinking about God, what do we think about? A very compassionate, good being. And we know that we can rely on him because he's going to be good to us. Why is he good? Because we know he's a good being. Now goodness is already a description. Chesed, if he's a kind being, that's already a description on him. If we say that the Ebishta has Rachmanes, that's also, we have a certain seer. Now you say, well, Apikorsis. You're saying on God that God is compassionate. That's an Apikorsis, Chasvish. No, but the Torah says the Ebishta. Kikel Rachom Hashem. The Ebishta is Chanan Verachom Hashem. Chesed Kel Kolayayim. The Ebishta, we talk about him as being a Chesed. We call him a Chasid. A Chasid, you call the Chasid when, when you do Chesed. So we have all these descriptions. We even use human descriptions on the Abishta. Hashem calls the Jewish people my children. And if he calls us his children, I mean, he's a father. He's a father. He's a melech. He's a king. So how do suddenly all these descriptions come? And the answer is, are they false? They're not false. The Abishta lowers himself down to have a certain features. He contracts himself into certain features. That's called spheroid attributes. Through the attributes, the Abishter forms himself into certain forms so that we can communicate and have a relationship with him. And 
those attributes are pivotal. Without them, there's no connection. We need those attributes. Now, the Abishter can either imbue himself into those attributes. Even so, by, when the Abishter created the world, he already emanated those attributes. Because that's how he created the world, through the attributes. <coughs> but through the spheres. And we know there are six emo, seven, seven main spheres, emotional attributes. That's why there's seven days of creation. Sunday, Monday, each day is another attribute. It's through which the Abishter, these are the building blocks of creation. Is the underlying element of creation. However, those attributes, as they are from creation, as we mentioned earlier, possess a tiny trickle of the Ebishter's order. Most of his energy, most of his infinite light, is not imbued in those attributes. The attributes have a tiny little trickle, a little bit that come from him. The Chiddush of Avram Avinu and the Chiddush of is that he brought down an increase through mitzvahs. What we do is through mitzvahs is we cause the Orin Saif, we cause God Himself to lower Himself down into the attributes. And when He lowers Himself into the attributes, that means that His relationship with the world is powerful, it's strong. His oil, His energy is flowing in the world with all of its intensity. When we do, when Avram, and He's gonna, that's the meaning that we say, that the, how many mitzvahs are there? 248 mitzvahs. What are 248? 248 are the limbs of a person. How many, pers- how many limbs do we have? 248. So, Stamazoi, a child, Stamazoi people learn, everybody knows that every mitzvah corresponds to another limb of your body. And when you do all the mitzvahs, you perfect all your limbs. That's in a very, 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 very simple way. On a deeper way, not just are you perfecting your limbs, you're connecting your limbs. You're connecting your limbs to the Abishter. Every mitzvah brings kedusha into another one of your limbs. However, the Zayar teaches us something much deeper. That mitzvahs are not only your limbs. The Zayar says that the mitzvahs are the 248 limbs of God. Tzedakah is Hashem's right hand. Oh, so what happens when I'm giving tzedakah? My hand and the Abishter hands are shaking, are connecting. The two hands are unified. But as we're going to see in the Mimer, even much deeper than that. Not only that, the Abishter's right hand is now being enclosed in my hand, and my hand is no more my hand, my hand becomes God's hand when I'm giving tzedakah. And now I'm just a physical tool and a physical instrument through where the infinite flow of the Abishter's kindness comes to that person. Because really, think about it. Am I really the one who feeds anybody? If you decide to give tzedakah and you help someone, did you really feed him? What do you think? If, the, if, if you would have not done it, the Abish, if the Abish is Azanam Afarnas, the Abish is responsibility. It's only the Abish that gave you the opportunity to lend your hand to become parts of God's hand through you. Or else the Abish could have found another way to feed him. Someone would have dropped the sandwich around the corner and he would have found it. He would have had something to eat. It's not that. It's just that. But your hand becomes part of his hand. So the Indian of mitzvahs are Namach Ivan, the Abish's limbs. What does it mean in, in Ruchni Yasinyanam? When Avram Avinu did the mitzvahs, what he did was, he created these pathways for the Abishter to manifest himself in. For the Abishter to be mislabish naturally. Here's the deal. Why, why? Didn't the Abishter do that in creation already? So we said, initially it's only a little trickle. And let's understand why. You see, for Hashem, these attributes are claustrophobic. But since he's ain't sof, but since he's infinite and boundless, why in the world does he want to miniature, miniature himself in a tiny little miniature human being? Because the Abishter is in the image of a person. I, I forgot to say this. We say 
that the human being has 248 limbs. We were made, B'Tselem, so the Abishtar has the 248 limbs. We're made in his shape. Oh, so this is his shape. But the Abishtar says an interesting thing. It says, Vasisem is called Mitzvah So Chazal say, an interesting statement to Chazal, that when you do the mitzvahs, Maile ani aleim, I consider it upon them, Ki'ilu asiuni, it's like you've made me. You hear that? God says, you've, you've made me. What do you mean? God creates us and now we're creating him. Does that make any sense? God creates us. And now we're saying, but we are creating him. And the answer is, of course God is. But the Abishter is ain't safe. We're creating him means we're creating him as a human. Oh, why are we creating him as a union, as a, as a human? Because as we said earlier, we want him to have a connection. The channels through which he can channel his light down to us. Oh, but, what, but, but, but why do we have to do it? If he wants to be a human, let him be a human on his own. The answer is, since naturally, the light does not want to descend into that human form. Why? Because that's a really condensation. That's a real limitation. So the light wants to go back into itself. The ur wants to go back into its mucker, into its source. And in its source, what is it? It's beligvul, it's infinite. It doesn't have these limitations. So we have to constantly and continuously generate a flow from the orange saif into the midas. That's why the Zoyar says an interesting thing. The Zoyar says that all the mitzvahs that we do is le'itakana shema the kuchabirich, I think the Lashon is. To be mesakin God's name. Because by doing mitzvahs, we institute his name, we, we fix his name, we create his name. What does that mean? The Ebrister has seven names. Zayin, Shemo, Sheinan, Nemchakim. Api Allahad are seven names of Hashem. Shakai, Kael, Elokim, Havaya. These are various different names that you're not allowed to, not allowed to erase. Why seven? So, it, the, the seven names are related to the seven spheres, the seven attributes. Kale is in Chesed, Elohim is in Gevura, each, each, Shakai is in Yesoid, Aleph, Talit, Nun, Yud is in Malchus. Each name is in a different, is in a different uh, sphere. Why? What's the idea? Why did the Abish to emanate spheres? What's the idea of him emanating attributes? Why did he make attributes? The whole idea of attributes is to give him in a relationship with the world. We can't relate to an abstract being who has no form, no shape, no definition. We have nothing to grab, our minds have nothing to grab onto. So, so, so in order to have a relationship with the creation, what does the Abish to do? He emanates, as we said earlier, he makes himself a personality. I'm kind, I'm a father, I'm a king, I'm a this, I'm a that. So these are things that we can, we can connect. So it comes out that the whole idea of the spheroids are for what? For him to be able to connect to the worlds. Okay? What, that's why it's called a name. What's the idea of a name? If you were born on a, in an island in the middle of Chveseshwer, uh, in the middle of the Pacific, in an island that is not one other human being, and you live your entire life in that island as a human being all alone, you really, really have absolutely no necessity for a name. What do you need a name for? No one, it's for, for you, for yourself, you don't need a name. A name is only a manner and others, so others can, def, can define you from everybody else. And the millions of other people, you call this person. 
Oh, so you know, you're, you're, you're being defined. So the name is, gives other people a, gra a, gra a grasp on you. Without the name. So when we say the Ebershta has seven names, it's the seven spheres. The names are his projection into the spheres. Now it's interesting. When we're saying names, spheres, I want to just emphasize an interesting idea. Attributes are not God. Attributes are vessels through which God is manifest. We're caught, when we say kale, who are we talking to? An attribute? That's idol worship. When we're saying Elohim, are we talking about to an attribute? We're not talking about to the attributes. We're talking to the manifestation of, we're talking to God as God manifests in the, in the attributes. The Abishter, as he is, as he is show projecting himself now as Chesed, as the Abishter is now projecting himself as this, each one, that's his name. That's the idea of the seven names. So now we understand as follows. The reason why we say mitzvahs, what is the idea of mitzvahs? Mitzvahs are all the itakana shmaduk, to set the name of God, we understand. Because what does mitzvahs do? Without our mitzvahs, without the mitzvahs, what would happen? The Abishter would be disengaged from the world, the oil, the light would go out of the spheres, would go out of the attributes, and the attributes would be lifeless. And then the ashpa to the world would be at a very, very, very minimal trickle. The more tzedakah we give, the more we draw God into midas achesed. The kinder God gets. Isn't that awesome? When you're giving tzedakah, you're making God kind. Because the more you're expanding the element of kindness, and the Abishter's kindness is increasing in chesed, because his energy is flowing into kindness. When you're learning Torah, you're causing the Abishter to come down into Chachma, into the first, into the, into, in, into, into the realm of intelligence. Before that, the Abishter is infinitely transcends intelligence. But that's not good for the world. So the idea is every mitzvah is litakana shma dekuch. So it's either two, two things. When we're talking about seven spheres in general, when we're talking about seven spheres in general, then we say that the mitzvahs are about making God's names. Because there are seven spheres. When we're getting more specific, and we're saying that not time we want God to come into the attributes, but we want Hashem to fill every nuance of the attributes. Because every attribute has all, all the attributes in it. Chesed is not complete unless Chesed has so chesed has to be colorful. It has to be a, a, full, a full composite of all the attributes in it. Just like a human being is not just a, you know, a skeleton of a hand. The arm, the hand has all the features, all the limbs of the hand and the like that create the full manifest, the full, the full, the full developed, the full developed human being with all the parts to it. So therefore then we're saying that, we're, that, that mitzvahs are not just to create the seven names of God, but the mitzvahs are to establish the Ramach Ivarim the Malka, the 248 limbs of the king. Because he's going to explain now that the seven spheres, or the nine spheres really, um, Malchus is, a, is an Indian for itself. So there's nine spheres from Chachma to Malchus. So those nine spheres, when you multiply them, when you create them, when each one becomes a full composite, a fully developed, then you have 248. And that's 248, right? He's going to explain now why that is. And, and when you get 248, that's the full completed number 
of a full developed channel, human channel, to where all godly flow comes to the world. And that's the ultimate objective of mitzvahs. However, he's going to explain that what, a, what Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were able to accomplish in their mitzvahs was they were able to draw God down from the Ein Sof into Atzilus. That at the hand of Atzilus was filled with Or Ein Sof. The feet of Atzilus were full of Or Ein Sof. But it did not connect into my hand and your hand. It did not connect into our physical limbs or even in Avram's limbs. Avram couldn't have that ability. That physicality should be able to express it now. Because once we come down to Olam HaBriya, Briya is already a creation. A creation has already a sense of separateness. It has an ego, it has a metzius. And also it's a mugbal, it's limited. Atzilus is still infinite. It's attached to God. Malashin Atzilus comes from the word etzlo, what's close to it. So yes, they accomplished an incredible accomplishment, but it was limited. The accomplishment of Moshe Rabbeinu by Har Sinai and of Matan Torah is that we were able to continue this descent of the Oren Saif from Atzilus to fully manifest itself through the through three lower worlds, Bri, Yetzir, and Asiyah, and all the way down into Asiyah Gashmas. That we, when we're, when we're fully in compliance of Torah and Mitzvahs, we are utterly godly. We are utterly divine. We, every human being, becomes a full manifestation of the supernal Adam HaElyon. And that means a godly man. And that's why when Mashiach comes, it says, Asidim tzadikim sheyoimrem lefneihem kadosh. Tzadikim are going to be in a state. Tzadikim we're talking about, not neshamas of tzadikim. We're talking about tzadikim when there are in physical bodies. And really when we say tzadikim, we mean all the Jewish people because va'amech kulam tzadikim. Every yid, because of all the Gilgulim we've been here, every neshama, as a question that Rizal, has to fulfill all 613 mitzvahs. So we've all been here around the block a few times until we manage to do all the mitzvahs that we need to do. When Mashiach comes, we are so, our physical bodies have become completely transparent to God, and our bodies are an expression of His limbs. And we and Him are totally one. So the Malachim, just like now they say to the attributes of Atzilus, what do they say to the attributes of Atzilus? Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Why Kadosh? Because you're one with the Ein Sof. So Kadosh, you're removed, you're higher. So too, when Mashiach will come, all tzaddikim will be said Kaddish because Olam Asiyah Hagashmi, especially the, the Jewish body, will be in that state of attachment like the Kalam of Atzilus are, are now. With the same unity, with the same bitl, with the same connection. That's the Kiddush. But first he's going to explain what Avram Avinu did with his mitzvahs. So basically is that he drew down the Oren Soif into the Kalam of Atzilus. But the more than that, he's explaining, he created a maturity in the Kalim. He caused the Kalim themselves to develop. Not only did he, did he bring the oil into the Kalim. Oil into the Kalim means the Kalim are there, the vessels are there. It's just that you got to bring the light into it. It's another Indian. It's like, what would that mean? That would mean that sometimes you sit down and your head isn't working. You're getting brain freeze. Your mind isn't working. You bet some have a head. You're a guy who can figure out a page of Gemara. You can figure out a Tesis. You can figure out a Maimah Chassidus. You can figure out whatever a mathematical thing. It's just right now, it's stuck. That means your keli is without light, without energy. It's empty. But the keli is a mature keli. And then, whatever. He took a, a, a coffee. 
uh, you, you took a shower, you, whatever, I don't know what. You did something, you went to sleep for an hour or two, you woke up, you have a fresh head, you can apply, oh, the oil is now coming into the keli. That's one thing. But then there's another thing. A child, a little baby is born. The kalim are not developed. The, 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 the baby, even a one-day-old baby, is a miniature adult. He's got everything in him, both physically, psychologically, he's got also the entire psychological structure of a human being. But it's in a very, very undeveloped state. It's in a state just of essence, but there's no espashtas. The essential character of who he is is there already as a day one. If this is a kind person, he's, he's a kind baby. If it's a mean person, it's a mean baby. <laughs> the day he's born. But it's still in a very, it's a very just, it's a point. It's not, it's not developed. So now the kalim have to develop. And that takes three stages. In developing a child are three stages. It's called the ibur. That's a fetal state, the fetus. That's the development of an, embry an embryo in the mother's still in the mother's womb. That's the first stage of development, the embryotic stage. Then there is the nursing stage. Once the baby is born, the baby is nursing. From where? From the, primarily from the mother, but only from the mother. And then finally, there is the stage of uh, when, uh, maturity, and he becomes an adult. So that's called, the three, the three stages are called Ibor in Kabbalah, Ibor, Yanika, and then it's called Moichen. Moichen is the maturity of the mind. So he's going to explain, just like it is in the human being down here below, so it is in the spherotic range above. When God initially created the spheroids, he created them just in the fetal, in the fetal state. When, when you look at a fetus, the main element of the fetus is that the fetus only has, just physically, physically, when you look at the fetus, the, fe the Kamara says how a fetus looks, and today you see it, that's the way it is. The baby is folded up completely. Its head is between its, its legs, all folded. It's called goy tlas goy, meaning three wrapped in three. That's the way the, the, the Lashon Azar is completely in a folded position. And, and it explains that what really is going on with the baby is, and, and the fetus, is that the lower element of the, of the, of the person is active. Di digestion is taking place. Physical digestion. It's eating from what its mother is eating, but through the stomach, not through its mouth. But anything a little higher isn't working. The, um, the, um, it doesn't breathe. Child is not breathing, not much. I mean, it says a child learns Torah, but uh, the higher functions of the human isn't working. It's just more the lower functions. So the reason physically the baby is that way is because psychologically, spiritually, the baby is also that way. Which means that that's called. We know that there are three three um, general categories in the spherot. There is chabad which are the mochen, the intelligence, chachma binadas. There is chagas, which is chesed gevurah teferes, which are the emotions themselves. And then there is what's called nehi. Nehi is netzachod yisod. Netzachod yisod are the, are, the, are the emotions that are more about 
more the practical side of an emotion. So it's interesting. The, 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 it says in Kabbalah that the initial state of the spheros, when they emerge as a fetus, when God emerges, creates them, brings them into existence, they only have the netzachod yesod element. They don't have the, chabat, the chagas element, and they don't have the chabad element. That is what these three stages work for. When the ibor is an ibor, it's only netzachod yesod. Meaning every sphera, sphera sachesed for instance, only has the netzachod yesod element of chesed. Not the chagas of chesed, not the chesed gevur at the of chesed, and not the chachma binadas of chesed. Only the netzach hod yesod of chesed. Gevura only has the netzach hod yesod of gevura, not the, not the chagas, not the chesed gevura, teferes of gevura, and not, definitely not the chabad of gevura. I'll explain that in a minute, but just let's get the first, the outer structure. That means only the lower part is the is is the of the of the of the sphera is is developed during the nursing process. What that does after the child is born, what your the the, the, the nursing develops the chagas of the sphera, the chesed gevurah teferis of the sphera. It develops the mind of the attribute, but it, the emo, the the mind it's it's not the mind. It's the, it's the, it's, we'll see in a minute, it's the emotional fellow of the emotions. And finally, after the nursing stage, when you reach maturity is when you get the, the intelligent emotions. So let's really see what that is. The idea is really there is instinctive emotions, emotion, feeling emotions, and intellectual emotions. And what are they? Let's just, let's be, 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 be. instinctive emotions are it's called Malash and Mutbah. The Tzemach Tzedek talks about it in the laws, in the mitzvah of Karvin Pesach. Instinct, the instinct of the emotion is the same like an animal has. A child, the first day already that he's born, has the idea that it, if it tastes something sweet, it leans towards it. If it's something bitter, it, it doesn't want it. And that happens that you don't need any sophistication for it. It's just... It's mutba, it's, it's ingrained in the very, the very essence of the nature of... But a child at that age doesn't have much feeling. It just has instincts. It's mamish instinctive at that state, it's emotions. Once the child nurses and gets a little older, it already begins to develop emotions. There's already a feeling of... I'm happy, I, 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 I have a love. A love is more can be considered as a love than just an instinct. It's, more, it's called the murgash. It's the chesed gvurah teferes. It's the emotion to feel. That comes from the mother's milk. Finally, at a certain point, is when you can start adding intelligence to the emotions. Where the emotions become smart emotions. They're not just about feeling, they're guided so the kindness is guided kindness. I'm not just going to be kind. I'm going to be kind in a smart way to where it's good to be kind. And then you can already fix the emotions. If the emotions by nature and by birth are not, are not uh, the best emotional structure, so you can use your mind, mind over heart, to reorganize the emotions or even to change the character, essential character of one's emotions. But that makes already the moichen de godless. 
three stages in, 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 in development of, of, of a sphere of attributes. So he's going to explain over here that just like it is in human development, the same is also in the divine development. The attributes as they were emanated at the time of creation were in a very immature state. It's just the basic attributes. It's the nehim of chesed, the netzachod yesod of chesed. That's why the chesed had no real direction. That's why who was, who was receiving chesed? Kindness was just, there was, was a nature of God to be kind without any direction. So who was receiving chesed? No, initially before Avram, all the wicked people in the generation of the flood, till the flood came, after Adam, the first ten generations, they were all being fed by God's kindness and they were the most biggest, they were the, they were the most horrific monsters. And God was being kind to them. Because the kindness didn't have intelligence. The kindness was just, it was, jo- it was just God's commitment to kindness. It was the netzach element of kindness, or the whole, the practical element of it, without the ha'ares ha'moichen, without the moichen, without even the hergish of it. Just instinctive. Everything was operating on the realms of instinction, instincts. The point of Avram Avinu doing mitzvahs, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, is they began through their mitzvahs to create the limbs of the king, which means to develop and bring sophistication, maturity to the divine emotions, and everything became broader and more developed. And then, of course, there became far more direction in the world. It's amazing how the Abishter Mamish created us to be partners in the way he runs the creation. In the development of the divine structure of how God will relate to the world, and that we're partners. Okay, let's read inside a little bit. I've been gone too much off. So now let's see inside. Ahu, he's asked the question, what did Avram Avinu do when he, made the, when he did mitzvahs? Ahu, kiramach mitzvahs asay, the 248 mitzvahs, are called in the Zoyar, remach evarim the Malka, the 248 limbs of the king. Hainu, what does it mean? Who is the king? Remach evarim the the 248 limbs of the Za'er Anpin. Za'er Anpin means a small face. It rep- it, that, that's referring to the divine attributes of the world of Atsilas. They are called, they're called Za'er Anpin. So this develops the limbs of the Za'er Anpin. Why? Kiza, because the Za'er Anpin who bowed test spheres. Za has nine spheres. Again, we're not including Malchus. Malchus is already the Kalim, the vessels, the recipient. I'm not calling why from Chachma till Yusait? Nine spheres. Now, how do you get 248 from nine? So the first thing you do is every sphere has all the other attributes inside of it. So to have a full one, it's nine times nine. So in Tes Pamim Tes, who pay Aleph. Nine times nine is 81. Good. The Chol Now, the attributes themselves are Kalim, are vessels. Now every keli has three bechinois to it. The pnimius pnimius of the keli, the part of the keli that's like touching the light. Then there is the toichen, the middle, the emtsai, the essence of the keli itself. And then there is the chitzainius of the keli, which is more the keli, the vessel, as it's mashpia out. Is the internal element of it. Meaning every, in every keli, in every element, there is the thing as it's receiving from higher. Then there is the entity as it absorbs it for itself. And then there is as it turns around to feed it to the next level. It's called roish, toich, and seif. Oh, so if you take 81 and you times it to 3, because in each of these 81 spheros, 
when if you're fully developing these vessels, they have to have the internal element of the vessel, the center of the vessel, and the external part of the vessel. So it's three times 81. What do you get? 243. The internal ones, the center middle ones, the more external ones. Hanikra seiser. Soif toichen roish. Maybe that's what it means. Yoshev beseiser elyon. That he sits in seiser. Soif toichen roish. Three elements of the kelim. Soif toichen roish. Hine gimel pa'am and pe aleph. So three times 81. Huramag. 248. The 243. Then. Vehei chasadim ha and then there is five powers of chesed that cause the growth in these attributes, the expansion in the attributes. What exactly that is, I remember once discussing that and I forgot it a long time ago and I didn't have a chance today to really get into the concept of what the hey chasadam ha-magdilim are. But you need that or else you couldn't have this entire structure. Yeah, it's the chesed of atik that comes down to cause a hispashtus in the, in the thing. But what exactly, what does that mean? No, it's not the nisham, it's not the oyer. It's part of the kalim. It's part of the vessels. It's part of the vessels, the heich chasadim, that enable the, what, again, I'm looking, I mean, of course, we can just translate the words, but I'm looking for a beer of what that means. Um, I, I don't know now. Yeah. What? Are correlated, are come from the Hechasadim Amagdilim. Yeah. The Hechasadim Amagdilim are in Ramach Evarim. And that gives you the 248 limbs. Za. Shehan Shairish, which they are the root, Ramach Mitzvah Now, every one of these attributes, including the Hechasadim, are sources for, for another mitzvah. Meaning it's a source of our mitzvah we down, the way we have the mitzvah down here. Okay? But the mitzvah up there is the... Is the is to expand the limbs of the Ze'eranpit, which means to develop those limbs for the limbs to unfold and to develop, for them to be nine times nine. And to have a roish toichen tzayif, to have this full um, godly manifestation of all those attributes, who al yadeh takes three, three stages. Pchenes ibor, the same way a child develops by us. Remember, everything in the physical world is an analogy for the spiritual. Psari echzeh, for my flesh I see God. So as things develop down here, that's the way they develop up there. So when a child down here develops, it's first in a fetal state, a fetus, and then finally a, a, a nursing baby, and then a, and then a mature person. Why they begin Ibor, Yenika, and Moichen. Ibor is being the, 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 the fetus state, Yenika is the nursing state, and Moichen. Kibbechinas Ibor, because when it's still in a state of Ibor, Hutlas, Klilin, Mitlas. It's really three. Ches, but it's three that incorporates three because it's really all inside. Now the Tzemach Tzedek explains what this means in Avodah. It's interesting. There's a mimer, the Tzemach Tzedek, that runs parallel over here. And he gives a little, a little insight. What does this mean in Avodah? What does it mean to have Midas? Because let's understand something. These Midas are, 
are inside of us, and we need to develop them also as part of our godly development as a, as a godly being. So we're born already as a, a baby, you know, and then we grow up, and now we're already adult. But that doesn't mean that spiritually we've developed our spiritual baby, our soul. So what does it mean, first the fetal state? The fetal state in a human being in terms of his spirituality is when you only have the netzach and the hoid and yesoid of your godly midos active. What does that mean? Chesed is love. And the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya that every mitzvah that a Jew does, a Jew does not do a mitzvah unless he loves God. The, really, the real underlying motivation for every mitzvah is love. The underlying motivation for every um, avoidance of a sin is fear, awe, or fear of God. That's really at the root of it. If so, you ask the question, how come I do so many mitzvahs and I don't really feel love of God? And maybe I don't sin, and it's so just natural to me, I'm like, what? And the answer is, you might not have the midas of love and fear in a level of chagas, where you feel a powerful emotion of love to God, or a powerful fear and awe, a cringing awe of the Eivishter that you might not have, because you haven't developed your midas yet to a level of murgash, to a level of chagas. The midas that you have are in a very immature state, in a state of netzach. What does that mean? You, it's instinctive. You have an instinctive thing that when there is a mitzvah, which, what is a mitzvah? A connection to God, instinctively you want to do it. A Jew is born with holy instincts. And these are the instincts, these are, this is like embedded. This is the way, this is, this is um, what it's called, man, man, manufacturer's settings. The manufacturer's settings, the way God set the soul and the person is, that you're set instinctively as a Jew to have a feeling towards a mitzvah. So when you stop a Jew on the street and you say, are you Jewish? And they say, yeah, and you want to say, let's wrap tefillin. And they, put, and they instinctively do that. They give you their hand, even though why are you going to act like a total meshuggah in the middle of the street and wrap yourself with leather straps? Um, right? Well, why are you doing that? Because a Jew, because there's something instinctive in it. Even if he never did it all his life. Sometimes you need to do a little pushing, a little probing, but then you bring the neshama out, and the Jew wants to do the film. It's instinctive. So it's inst- oh. And this that a Jew is what he calls... Erlichkeit, or natural frumkeit. So many Jews who haven't opened up ever in their life a book of chassidus, a book of something higher that should open them up to higher sensitivities to God. But they will never miss a mincha and a ma'ariv with a minion. I know hundreds of thousands of yidin like that. They run to shul every day. They talk about love of God, fear of God. They come to one of my shiurim and they hear they get all bewildered like this guy is talking too much Kabbalah, Hasidus we don't talk these things don't talk about the Eivishter <laughs> but yet there's such a such an urgence that they have to daven with a minion what is that? that's the netzach and the hod of the midah of the midah of love of the ava and of the yira they have the, the, the final, in other words, the midah benegeel apoyel. The midah in regards to practical observance is very strong. Now this element is actually at the core, since this is the first, since this is the, the midah as they're excavated, they're excavated in this state, 
Later, it's only embellishment. But this is the midah in the That's why these, this part of the midah is the strongest. And they're rooted in keser. They're rooted very high. The netzach hod yesod of everything is rooted in the deepest ruts and its root. It's rooted in the stubbornness of the soul. It's very powerful. But yet, it's immature. It's immature. It's just pure men. A yid should not remain in his Yiddishkeit only at this level of having his Judaism instinctive. Why? Because God did not create us to operate and continue being who we are when we were born. The to created us that we should develop. And therefore everything has to come through Avoida. So we have to develop into the next two stages. What's the next stage? The next stage is when you develop your Midas to Yanika, you start nursing. What's nursing? Nursing is mother's milk. Mother, according to Kabbalah, is Bina. So when you start developing Bina, understanding, you start learning Torah, you start learning Chassidus, you learn a little bit something that opens you up to a higher reality. So then your emotions start developing that not only do you have an instinctive running away from things that are anavera and running towards a mitzvah, but it actually becomes that you have actually a feeling of love, Tasha. You feel a, a ava. You feel a yira. It's a much deeper element. And eventually you can come to a place which is even higher. That we're going to get to that soon. So you see, this that he's talking about over here, Lamaila, that the Midas are in a state of Ibor. And then they need to be developed to a state of Yanika. This is what it means, Ibor. Ibor means the Midah in its pure. Mutba, the Tzamech Tzedek uses the word, says there's three stages, Mutba, Murgish, and Moichen. I think, the highest one I think is. So now, Kibchenas Ibor Utlaska, V'achekach, and afterwards, Bchenas Yenika, comes the level of Yenika. Hushem is Gadol, so, the Zeir Anpin develops, Bchenas Vav Ketzavis. It becomes not just three, first it's three, Right? What's the three? All that is visible is the netzachod yesod of every midah. Not the chagas of the midah and not the chabad of the midah. Just the, just the netzachod yesod of the midah. Then what happens once there starts to nurse to the midah? You start seeing six. They become six. What six? Not yet nine. Remember, the full structure is nine. You don't see yet the nine dimensions. You see just the six. The six, which is... Chesed Gevura Teferes Netzachod Yisod, which means you add the Murgish, the, the feeling of the Midah as well. Yes, it is. You said, where, where is she nursing from? Where, how do you develop this? It develops from the nursing, and the milk is coming from the mother, which is coming from Chabad. But he's going to explain that in the Mochen, in the Chabad, there's two levels of Mochen. There is a level of mochen that is only to support midas, And then there is mochen that are for the sake of mochen. So when, as long as you're having mochen that are just meant to inspire midas, that's still called an immature mochen. It's, it's, it's baby milk. It's nursing. It's not real food. Real food is when you start eating pure intelligence that is not about its levels of understanding that are beyond what's going to get you excited. Excitement. You need emotions, you need intellect to get you excited for the right things. But there's nothing wrong of learning. There's nothing, a person shouldn't stop with just learning things 
that, that, that could move you and emotionally develop you. There is information just for the sake of information and for knowledge. And in this case, of course, talking about knowledge in, in the divine. And that's pure maich. But We're not talking about that now. Now we're talking about the, he's going to speak about that. It's the seichel, it's seirech hamidais, and what do they do? This is yanika, nursing. It develops the midais, not yet the maich. Now you have six, but since six, each one has all other six in it. So six times six is how much? 36. Then you have the number of 36. And when, you ha- when it's in this stage, this is called... Mi bara ele. It says you should look up to heaven and see. Mi bara ele su'umarem Raise up your eyes upward. And you should see mi bara ele who created these. So he says a deeper meaning. Ele is gematria 36. Lamed he is 35 plus one more aleph, 36. So ele represents the midas when they are in their full Full development. Same like, it's the same word as Leah. Leah is also the word Ela. Because Leah has, how many children does Leah have? Six boys. Ela are the six, the six times six. That's Ela. The em- full development of the emotions. At least on the emotional level. Then they're going to become smart emotions at the next level. But first development of the emotions. Now, how did the, what creates Ela? How do you go from this crumpled up fetal state, fetus state, to this developed, to this developed emotions as they are six times six Ela? Me bara Ela. Who creates Ela? Me. Who's me? Simply it means who. But the other meaning is me is me is 50. Mem Yud 50, and that's Bina. Chamishim Shahri Bina. Who nurses the baby and turns the little the little fetus into a full child? Into a developed a little, a little mensch, not yet a full mensch, but when you see a three-year-old child, it's very different than that little scrunchy little baby when it came out of the mom. So who, who, who moved it from this stage to this stage? Is the yanika, the nursing. And we know that a person grows in size during the nursing period much more, thank God, than, they, than any other time in their life. And after that, even with all the eating and food that we eat, we don't triple our size every few uh, years. But um, in this size, the most expansive side during, is through the milk of the mother. And a mother is Bina. That's me, bara Ela. Me, the Bina, increases the emotions into a full structure of Ela of 36. Um, these are the six sides of Zah. Each one is, is included of six. Now, even though in this Yanika stage there, there is also Mochen, we just said, me, me is Mochen, me is Bina, Bina is Mochen, intellectual energy. It's called the Mochen of Yanika. Then he's asking a question, so why don't we call it nine? If we said Zah really has nine elements, including the Chabad, which are the other three, and if you're getting already the mochen, so that should be nine. Why are we only six times six? Why isn't it? Why is it? In the fetal state, it's three times three. 
in the small stage. Now it's six times six. It's a, the very the bigger development, and that is what thirty six. But why isn't it nine? If it's getting already from the mochen, the answer is ki mochen elu because these mochen hem bechlal hamidis are baby mochen. These are not real mochen. Hem bechlal hamidos yachshavu. They're still considered part of the emotion. Al derech marshal, like an example. Haseichol shel hamida. When you have the 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 uh, intelligence of the emotion. For example, sheyehav machmas tam v'seichol. When you love something or somebody because of reason. So what kind of what? So that is what. That is an emotion you're loving, and the reason behind the love. Beyond the love, behind the love, rather, what's what's behind the love is there's a reason, there's an understanding, there's an intelligence. So th- this intelligence, however, is serving the emotions. It's not pure intelligence for the sake of intelligence. It's an intelligence. magdalamida. This seichel, this this idea, increases the mida kechalav just like milk shemagadalasavlad that makes the child grow. Even though it's 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 uh, it's seichel, but it still belongs to the realm of midas. Shuhu mida mamish. It's considered literally a mida. That's why it's only still called six, not nine. And afterwards, you experience real moichen. This is the the intelligence on its own. For example, someone is learning Chachma not for the sake of teaching him who to love and who not to love. Just pure Chachma. And this is called Chabad. Pure Chabad. Chabad for the sake of Chabad. And as he explains, what does this mean? The Tzemach Tzedek explains in, the, in his parallel mimer that this stage is, in Avodah Hashem, what does this mean? So we spoke earlier, there is an instinctive Jew who's instinctive in his observance. Then there is a more an emotional Jew, a Yid that feels, feels love and fear of God. And of course he uses his intelligence to guide him in that love, to develop that love. He knows about Hashem, he learns something and he gets excited. But then he says there is a level where one is learning deep, 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 deep abstract concepts in Chassidus, which are way past the ability to get excited about them. Because they're just too, not that you don't understand it, you don't understand it, but they're just, the ideas are so, so distant from our reality that they're not shayach for his pilas. It's moichen l'shem moichen. And by the way, in Chassidus it says that when you're davening, the Hasidim always knew that there were certain maimarim that they learned before davening. There are maimarim that are made before before davening, and then there are maimarim that are made stam for uh, for for learning Hasidis. It's a different maimar because not everything you learn you can daven with. When something is extremely abstract, it's not going to excite your davening because it's too lofty. Yeah, and a Catholic says in Hasidus that you're supposed to be misbeining. Not in very, very high concepts. You're supposed to be misboinen in the godliness that's closer to creation, closer to your existence. That's why you look in Pesukah de Zimra, it's all talking about the godless of Hashem in, in physicality. Because these are things that we can get excited about, and we need to get excited. So what's the point then of these moichen, if they're not impacting our midas and espilas, our excitement? The answer is, he says, when a person 
deeply contemplates and meditates and absorbs extremely lofty higher ideas, it causes an Israimimus, it causes an elevation in the entire human being that automatically the Midas will change. You see, the first level of Mochen is you're working to, 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 to adjust your emotions. You're trying, you're working. It's like it's, it takes toil and effort to, to, to move. If you feel the deep attachment towards materialistic things, physical pleasures and the like, you want to change that. So you're actually fighting with the emotion. You're using your mind to, to re, redirect your emotions to a different thing. That's in effect. Of course, we have to do that. Then there's another Indian. A person suddenly discovers a world of knowledge and a world of wisdom. And you become so absorbed in that world to the point that you meet people five years later, they don't recognize you. Emotionally, they don't recognize you. Because you've become, it's sort of, as a result of this heightened knowledge or, 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 or much higher level of knowledge and information, it causes an elevation in, in, in the Midas as well. Not in a manner when you worked on those Midas. It's, it just happens because you're, you're in a different world. A person discovers Yiddishkeit, a person discovers deeper learning. And then they never even had to like fight with their emotions. It just automatically shifted into a different world. The, the petty things that were exciting and interesting once, it's like becomes, becomes uh, or you see it Bechlal, you see it by a, a mature adult. A mature adult doesn't have to fight his childish pleasures. Certain things, yeah, become you have a certain addictions, certain sillinesses, you have to like work on changing them. But certain things that happen, you know, as you're getting older and you're starting to appreciate higher things, silly things as being a child, it's like, it's like, it's not, it, 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 it drops, and you don't even need, it doesn't have to be like your mind has to tell you that there are more important things to love. It's just you entered into a different, into a different place. And it's not, it's not a thing, that's the idea. And that's called the, mature, the real maturity of mind, of Moichen. So these are three stages in the development of the attributes above as well. When the Abish to create in the world, the Midas that were emanated in Atsilas, the structure of the Ze'eranpin, of the Midas that were emanated, were all just the instinctive state. When Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov studied Torah and they did mitzvahs, they developed the Ivarim, the limbs of Atsilas. However, it's interesting, but to which, which level of development did they develop them? Not to the full structure. They developed them to the second stage, to Moichen the Yanika. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov's mitzvahs caused the fetus to become a little, a little child. Moshe Rabbeinu, and by Matan Torah, it's only then that we have the ability to cause the full mochen of the, of the Ramach. And only then, when it's full mochen, oh, see, let's take a look. A child who, whose, whose midas develop, whose kindness develops, and the like, even if through the intellect, through the mind, giving him, so even if he becomes a more developed human being, but he can't be an educator. He himself is in that state. Is in a more, is in a more what you call rectified state. But he can't yet educate. To educate, you need to have moichen de gadlas. 
When you have mochen de gadlus, then you can educate someone else as well. So that's the story with, as he's going to explain over here. Atzilus was developed by Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. But in order to take the same, the same ideas of Atzilus and translate into Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, like we spoke earlier at great length, to make our worlds, to educate the lower realms, to be like Atzilus, you can't do that with Avram Avinu's contribution. It requires Moshe Rabbeinu, who he brought down Moichen the Godless, real Moichen the Godless, that is able to edu- educate and to bring the truths of Atzilus into Briyatzir and Asiya, as we're going to see in the next piece. Yes. There was no godly revelation. There was life force, just chitzanius, a very chitzanius thing of life force. To make the, the trees grow fruit, the clouds come, weather systems and the like. All that was working. But any deeper flow of higher spirituality and higher life force was not in the world. And divine consciousness comes to the world as a result of Aveda. I've avoided this of this process of Avram Avinu and then eventually Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the idea of the mitzvahs that Avram was Mekayim, Ainu Shehimshech. He drew down Oirin Saif Bezah. He drew down the Oirin Saif into the Zeranpin. Ki Avram, because Avram, Ubchenas Averma. Now here's the, here's the idea. How did Avram have this ability? What did we say earlier? The reason why the Oirin Saif is not naturally flowing into the, into the Midas. But you need to have our avod of Torah and mitzvahs to do that. So we said, one of the, re- the main Mekuda is because the Oirin Saif is in a state of Ein Sof. Why should it, why should it contract itself into these Midas, into these limitations? Midas are Midas, Midas measurement. So as wonderful as it is, it's all, it's all limitation. Why should the Oyrein Saif come down? But it says, In the place where you find God's greatness, you find God's anava. Anava means his humility. So in order for God to actually emanate the worlds and create the worlds, and to especially to channel himself into the world, it takes tremendous humility on his part. Even for him to engage the spheres of Atsilas, let alone coming into this world. But even to just engage the spheres of Atsilas, which are infinite attributes, but they're still their attributes, their limitations. So why? It's only with his humility. So we need to create to generate that humility. In other words, when we are through our Avoda, we create that humility. That's why Avram Avinu was the first one to do it. Because what was Avram, was the character of Avram Avinu, Vanoichi Afar Ve'efer, I am dust and ashes. Avram was extremely humble. He lowered himself down to everybody. So as Avram lowered himself down to everybody, and every, there wasn't a person in the world that wasn't important enough to Avram Avinu that he should spend time for him and teach him. And we were learning the other day in one of the, in the classes I teach about Mashiach. So we were learning how Rashi says, that the reason why Avram moved away from where he lived in Hebron and he went to live in Gerar and Pelishtim 
And they were Avimelech, with Sarah, all happened, all the trouble started. Why did he move? So Rashi says that he moved because the passerbyers stopped coming. Why did they stop? People stopped traveling those roads. The road became very desolate. Why did it become desolate? Because Hashem turned over Sodom and Amorah. Once the cities were flipped over, so there weren't traffic anymore on the roads. So it occurred to me that what does that mean? That who were the people who would come to Avram Avinu that he would be inviting into his house to talk to? The Sodom and Amorah people that were going there back and forth, the people of the five towns. Or people that were traveling or doing business with them or that, that. Those were the people down the road. Basically, we, he set up his inn on the way to Vegas. So when you say that, it's just like unbelievable. <laughs> that that's who Avram Avinu was busy with. And it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go and look for only for spiritual seekers that are coming on the top of the mountaintop to my, to my, uh, to my little uh, whatever, ashram over here who wants spirituality. No, nah, no, nah, there were people that were going to the clubs. And yet Avram brought them all in, and those are the ones who he taught, those are the ones he was doing kindness to, those are the ones he was taking care of. Because he was humble, he was so humble that there wasn't a person in the world that he looked at that he's bigger than him, or greater than him, or special than him. Every person was more important than him. He was the epitome of humility. And that's why Avram is in his name, he's called Aver Ma. He is the limb of Ma. Ma means bitl. Ma means what? What am I? Like Moshe says, Vanachnu Ma. And because Avram was the Yitachlis Abitl, he became the channel which through him, the Abishter is also being humble. When we're showing humility, that causes God's humility. So Avram becomes the channel for the Oyrein Tzayif to have humility. Aver Ma, he is the limb of, of Ma, of Bittl, causing the Oyrein Tzayif humility too to come down into the spheres of Atzilus and to the, first to descend into, into, the, into the attributes. And obviously as the Oyr comes into the attributes, it causes a development in those attributes. The maturity of the attributes in the life. So that's what he's saying. Shehim Soif, Avram Avinu drew down the Oirin Soif Bizar and the Zairanpin. Ki Avram Ubchinas Aver Ma, Avram is the limb of Ma. Al Shem Hayoisoy Yesoid Abba Shebiza. He is the element of Yesod of the Chachma of Zaza, which means, what did we say before? How do you develop the Midas? You start through the mother's milk. You start shining in what? the light of wisdom, the light of knowledge. That's what he's saying. He's the Yesoid of Abba. Abba is Chachma. In Kabbalah, Abba, father is Chachma. Yesoid Abba means the power to be Mashpia Chachma. Yesoid is always the, the connection from the Mashpia to the Makabal. Yesoid means bonding. So Yesoid Abba means the Yesoid, the power to be Mashpia Chachma. Where Shabiza of what does that mean? Haseichel Shal Hamida. This is the intelligence being put into the Midas, Canal. And therefore, Romam Shech Oyrois Bekelim, Avram Avinu drew down the lights into the Kelim. Shemetchila at the beginning, Achloi Nivra Oylam, before the world was created. The attributes, the Oyr was not manifesting in the Kelim. Because the Oyr is, the Oyr initially, before God creates the world, where, where are the, the Oyrois are inside of Him. It's potential Chesed, potential Gevura. And that's what Chazal say, that before we created the world, Hashem and His name are alone. There's nothing but His name, but Him. And His, his name, but now as a result of Avram's Avoida, what happens? It becomes divided into seven names, which means He's emphasizing the various different attributes. Now Avram primarily, which attribute did He develop more than all the others was Chesed, as we're going to see in a moment. But in general, through His mitzvahs, observance of all the mitzvahs, 
Aram developed all the attributes. As opposed to it being who is his name being absorbed in him, his name now emanated into the attributes. Zion Shemus Ches Pidish, he explains in the parentheses. Ki Azayin Shemus the seven names and Pchenas Oirois Shal Azayin Midos. The energies of the seven Midos, those are the Shemus. It's the divine energy that's not the Midah. The Midah you can't call a name because the Midah is, is, is only a, is a Kali. It's not. It's not God. The name is Hashem, but the Oir you could call a name because the Oir is is a projection of Him. So you can call the Oirois by those names. The oiring soif that's enclosed in chesed, it's called kale. Like it says, chesed kale kalayoyim. So you see, kale is associated with chesed, God's kindness all the day. And the light that is enclosed in gevura, it's called elokim. And that's why there are seven names. Before the world was created. The loyhoya dayan atzilas amidos. The amidos were not yet emanated. Hoya pchenas a oirin soif kamoishu hula mailam a pchenas a slapshus pekin. The oirin soif was still in a state like it was before it was mislabish in the kalim. Now, before the oir comes into kalim, does it have any names? No, it's one name, it, and even that name is not even there. The name is potential; it's in him. For who inyan ayu who is shmei bavad? His name was still inside of him, absorbed in him. But when Avram Avinu started doing mitzvahs, what did he do? He caused God to emanate into the attributes. Or he emanated the attributes. And the main avoid of Avram was in Gemilas Chasadim. So, he's Mamshich the light. Now, when you're doing Chesed, what are you doing? When you're doing chesed, what are you doing? You're giving to someone who doesn't have. Right? Someone is lacking, lacking in, lacking financially, lacking in health, lacking whatever it is that someone needs, lacking in knowledge, and you're doing a kindness. You're sharing, you're teaching, you're inspiring, you're, 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 you're helping out with, the, with, with whatever the need that they need. So. In addition to Avram bringing the light of God down into Chesed, he's directing it to the one who doesn't have. And who's that? That's Malchus. Because Malchus less Megar Meklum, Malchus doesn't have anything. So, He was Mamshech, the Abishta's light, into Malchus. That's what Chazal say when they say that, interesting, they say that Avram Avidu had a daughter. Bas Hayala Avram. Avram had a daughter. And her name was. Then, now, when you learn in the Torah, you don't, you know, she, she suddenly, she's totally not there. Avram's daughter. You only see his two sons, Yishmael and Yitzchak. What's with his daughter? But they say when it says in the pasuk, "Vashem beirach es Avram bakoil," Hashem benched Avram with everything. His daughter's name was Bakol. That was her name. Bakol. Now, what happened to Bakol? No one knows. But she's Avram's daughter, or his name was Bakol. What is the deeper meaning of according to Hasidus? Avram is kindness. But when you're doing kindness, you've got to do kindness to someone who doesn't have. Who ultimately doesn't have? The worlds don't have anything. The worlds are empty. Because the worlds don't have anything of their own. Cre- a creation doesn't have. Because a creation only has what is given to him by his creator. So creation 
Only God has. So Avram Avinu, who's, chan, who's doing kindness, what is he doing? He's causing God to give life to the creation. Now the creation, the root of creation is the attribute of Malchus. Malchus is the last attribute, and that's where creation begins. Because Malchus calls forth the creation because it is the general idea we say, Ein melech beloi am. There's no king without a people. So when God wants to be a king, he needs to have, he needs to create a creation to support his kingship. So when we say that, so in general, when we say that Avram Avinu is causing Amshacha into Malchus, it means that he's bringing an Amshacha into the Olamos, into the world. And into the source of the world, which is Malchus. Malchus is called daughter. As we know in the Spheres of Atzilus, father we said is Chachma, mother is Bina, son is the Ze'eran, and Malchus is called daughter, Bas. Bas, Avram. if Avram is kind, then Avram has a daughter to where he's doing the kindness. And why is she called the Bakol? Because it says, Umalchusai Bakol Mashallah. And his kingdom and everything he makes reign. So that's why she's called Bakol, because she was the ruler of everything. She's the kingdom of God. He has a daughter, meaning to say, all of his chesed, he was channeling Hashem's light into Malchus. And that's where the, in, the, in the main mimer it says, that's what it means when it says that when Avram Avinu did the Yadis Brismila, the Abishta came to be Mavakar Khailim. Abishta came to visit the sick. And then it says that just like Avram Avinu did mitzvahs, just like we do mitzvahs, God does mitzvahs as well. Just like we're commanded to visit the sick, God visits the sick. So what is the teichen of that, visiting the sick? Malchus, being that Malchus is the sort of the creation, the source of the creation, and she doesn't have anything of her own, is called sometimes an ill, chayla, sick. Why? Shechina, the Zohar says, Shechinta iomara begalisa. The Shechina is ill during galas. Why? Because when you're lacking, what, what's, what's, what's real illness? When you're lacking life. Malchus doesn't have life of her own. She always needs to receive. And when the, and when the flow is not flowing, so there is an illness when Malchus, and what's called, he calls it Choylas Ava. Ki Choylas Ava Ani. I'm sick with love. I want light. I want illumination, but I don't have. I'm suffocating. I don't have light, but I want light. What does it mean, Hashem Evakar Choylem? Hashem comes to visit the sick. It means that when Hashem comes to illuminate light into Malchus, he satiates her, her thirst and her love longing, and now she's not ill anymore. So Avram Avinu caused all these things. Because of all the f- sick people that he visited, he caused the Ebishtab to be mashpiat to Malchus to go visit the sick. And therefore Omar, and that's why he also says this idea that Avram channeled the Ebishtab's light through all the attributes of Atzilus, through Chesed into Malchus. Alkain Omar, and that's why Avram also said, Adonai al Tavar, my master, please don't leave. When he spoke to the angels, actually he spoke to God, Rashi says, and he told them, please. But he called Hashem Aleph Talad Nun Yud. And it's the first time in the Torah that Hashem is called Aleph Talad Nun Yud. The Gemara says in Mesechtas Brachis that no one ever called the Abish their master, the word Aleph Talad Nun Yud, until Avram Avin. What does that mean? 
The first one to channel God's light into Sphira Samalchus, which is called Adain Adna, was Avram. He filled the attribute of Malchus with light. Why? By Avram running around giving to anybody who doesn't have life, teachings, life, food, this, that, whatever he took care of people by him visiting the sick. Which means by him doing whatever he needed to do to those who don't have, he caused the Oren Tzoyf also to be nimshach through his humility to those who don't have, ultimately to the ultimate keli. What's the ultimate keli? Malchus. He drew it down into, into Malchus, into the daughter, Basayil Avram, Bakoil. She's Bakoil. And what happens? As he says, Avram is the first one to channel God's light through all the attributes, finally into Malchus. So that's wonderful and very good, but that's where it stops. It was Nimshach and Atzilus into Malchus. And of course, that increased the brachas of Hashem in the world. That's that, without a doubt. For when Avram Avinu came, much more blessings came to the world. You see, when Yitzchak was born, the whole world was filled with laughter and lots of babies were born. I mean, it was a, from Avram Avinu, bracha came to the world in a big way, without a doubt. But the godliness itself is not visible in the physical world. Avram Avinu did teach, he did inspire, he made people, he brought godly awareness, monotheism to the people. But in a very limited way, in comparison to the illumination of divine light that was radiating in Atzilus in the supernal realms. Down here it was minuscule. We said if the same illumination that would have been up there would have reached down here, then you would have had thousands of followers of Avram. That didn't happen. That's what he explains now. But all these amshachas of Avram or Yanishar Atzilus remained in the world of emanation. The Hainu Gidl Ramach he, was, he expanded the 248 limbs of the Zeir An Pinay through the Mochen of Yanika of Nursing, But in order for the light to come down in Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, who Moshe? For that needs Moshe. Why? Because of a year already, it's a whole different story. Atzilus, even though Atzilus is a world, but it's still an infinite world. Even though it's chesed, it's God's chesed. It's infinite chesed. Gavur is infinite chesed. Bria, Yetzir, and Asi is already disconnected. It's a mamash, a finite entity. How can you bring godly light so low for it to attach itself, not only attach itself, for Hashem to express itself, Himself, through the vessels of, of Bria, Yetzir, and Asi. For that, you needed someone higher than Avram. Avram, he says, is Yesod Abba, the Yesod element of Chachma. Moshe Rabbeinu comes from Keser. Also from Chachma, from the power of Ma. Moshe Rabbeinu is also the ultimate humility. They say it's the same quality of Avram, humility, but much deeper humility. Avram says about himself, Vanoichi Afar V'Efer. Moshe says about himself, Vanachnu Ma. What's the difference between Ma and Afar V'Efer? Afar V'Efer is still something, dust and ashes. Ma means what? Moshe is totally bitl, betachlis. Why? Because Moshe's neshama is rooted in keser, in Ein Sof. And the higher you're rooted, the more nothing you are. Because the more you see that it's not possible for anything to exist but the Ebeshta. So Moshe Rabbeinu is totally bottle as he comes from chachmas from the concealed chachma as it is in keser. 
of Erech Anpin, as he says. Moshe, who mepchines chachmes dimoshe bekasser de Erech Anpin, he's hidden moichen of kasser of Erech Anpin, eloshenishpal beyesoid Abba. Moshe Rabbeinu also we know is in Chachma, in the Yesod of Chachma. He's called Yesod Abba Moshe. But that's not really where he comes, that he was transplanted over there. But in essence, he's not, a, he's not an Atzil. Avram is an Atzilos being. He's essentially a native of Atzilos. Moshe Rabbeinu was a native of the Ein Sof. He was just, he was just, um, um, re, uh, What's it called when you when you move someone from one place to another place? Relocated. He was ro- relocated into Hatzilas. The Hurat Shama, he was lowered over there. And because he is so high, the higher someone is, the less limitations they have. And they're able to bring something down even lower. Like it says, It says, I will pass in the land of Egypt. I am not an angel. So it's explained in, in, in Hasidus as follows. Why does it say I am not an angel? So the Zayar says, I think it's the Zayar, yeah. No, Idrab is something else. But it says the reason for that is, is because Mitzrayim was so low that an angel couldn't go there. If an angel would go down to Egypt, they would become corrupted. The lowliness of Egypt was so powerful that send an angel there and the angel themselves would come back corrupted. So the only one that can go down is the Abishter himself, because he is not corruptible. So that means the higher you are, the lower you can go. Yeah, the Nephilim, yeah, yeah. And he gives an example to this idea, it says in Idra, this idea that the higher something is, the lower it can, it can reach. So it says, it's supposed to be not the Nafik, but the Nafkin. Brings it in the bottom. There are three worlds that that emanate, that come out that emerge mitikune kadma. We know that there are thirteen tikunim in the thirteen attributes of mercy. Hashem, Hashem, kerachem, bechanan. So the thirteen tikunim. These are the tikunim of keser. Strands of the beard of the whatever. Now it says atzilus, chachma atzilus and bina are nursing. Drop, drop, drop. From where? From the eighth and the thirteenth midah of the thirteen attributes. Then mamish nursing from a tiny through the here, a little tiny straw, so to speak, of chayos is coming down from the tikkun of v'noitzer, and I think v'noitzer and v'nake. I think those two are the are the where 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 the little yanika comes to atzilus. But yet the Zoyar and Idra, it says, that what? That there are three worlds that emerge from the first Tikkun. Now you understand that the, the earlier the Tikkun is, the higher it is. So the first Tikkun is the highest Tikkun. And from there come three worlds. Which three worlds? Shatlas Alman and Gimel Oilamois. The three worlds that it's talking about are the three lower worlds. Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya. And here you have an obvious, very good question. The three worlds, Bri, Yetzir, and Asiya, that are so low, they're the Mamish creation, especially Asiya, they're coming from the first Tikkun, which the Tikkunim are the source of Atzilus, which even Atzilus is only Mamish hanging on a thread from these massive Ein Sof Tikkunim, 
And here you're saying the first tikkun is a shayrish for Bri Yatsir and Asiya. From the 13 strands of the beard. The Erech Anpin the Atzilus of Erech Anpin of Atzilus. Which is, when we say, who is like you? There seems to be a Pele. How can there be such a Dilog? From the 13 strands of the beard of the Erech Anpin. Which is the root of Atzilus, a source of Atzilus. Sheyum shech mazeh gimel oylem is biyah that the three worlds bri atzir and asiyah, which are finite worlds. How can it come from such a lofty madrega? Achein yenu dafka mishem da adarab ki kadei sheyava yaoyer ad lamata kol kach. In order for energy to be able to come down so low, ba'oylem is biyah in the worlds of bri atzir and asiyah. Sarech sheyava imemakam anayla biyoser. It has to come from a higher place. Because of the intense elevation, because he is so high, he's able to go so low. But over there we're not talking about channeling godliness into the world. Over there we're talking about creating the world itself. Creating the three worlds, Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, came from a higher power that created Atzilus, that emerged Atzilus. Because to be able to create something low takes a higher power. That's in creation. Now the same is also now in bringing God into the creation. So to bring the Abishter, the, 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 the revelation of Hashem, into Atzilus takes less of a being than to bring the Abishter into Bria. Just like in creating Bria Tzir and it took a more deeper power a higher power to do so. Because it takes the higher to be able to go lower. So too in bringing in the tachlis of creation, in bringing Torah, which is the Abishter himself, down into the world, it takes a higher and deeper soul to be able to bring him into Bria, Tzirinasiya, than Avram Avinu. Because he was able to bring him into Atzilas, but not in... So therefore, to create the world of Briyatzir and Asiya, which is Dafka from the first Tikkun, the Yud Gimel Tikkun Ediyuk. The Zao Pinish, and that's actually the meaning of the word. What did he say is the first, the first Tikkun? Mikael Kamoicha. And what does Mikael Kamoicha mean? Who is like you? Which means you can do anything. Sheyuchol Lishpoiles Atzmoi. The godless of the Abishter is he can lower himself down. So similar to this will also be understood in the worlds of Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya. It's Tafke through Moshe. Since he comes from a higher place. Moshe is Ma himself, and Avram is only Aver Ma, a limb for Ma, a channel for Ma. Moshe is Ma himself, he has Ma inside his name. Avram also has Ma inside himself, but Avram it's Aver Ma. That's why he's able to draw down the light lower, also into the three lower worlds. And now we come to the last small little piece. And this is the meaning of Kikel Deo Savaya. 
What's the Chiddush? The Chiddush over here is that when Mashiach is going to come, we mentioned it much earlier, through Torah mitzvahs that we do now, it's going to be evened out. Our, our perception and the perception of Atzilus are going to be absolutely the same. In Atzilus, the perception is Einoid Movade, there's nothing but God. Everything is totally nichlal in God's unity. Everything is just an expression of Him. There's nothing but God. Once, however, you pass from the world of Atzilus and you go through this massive filter and block, screen and filter, it creates a whole different reality. It creates a reality of beingness and, and then it just gets thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker until we reach a point where chas v'shalom can go in a state where you don't even send, where, where a person can be in a total godless state, not even believing in Hashem, denying God's existence altogether. That's how concealing this world is. What is the avoid of Torah and mitzvahs we're learning? Is that it, it, it creates that, that what, when you're doing a mitzvah, the 248 limbs of God are expressed through your limbs. And you cease to be you, you, you are just an expression of the Ebersh. When is it going to be revealed? After Mashiach comes. That means that what we said earlier, Tzadikim, you're going to say Kaddish before that. That means that the lower world is going to be equal to the higher world. The way it's the perception of Atzilus is going to be the perception down here. What? To accomplish that takes higher. But the actual perception is an equal perception. Now, that Indian is called that Yehudi Allah and Yehudi Tata are going to converge together. Now there is two stages. There is the higher Yehud and the lower Yehud. Or rather, let's put it this way, on other terms. There's two deos. There's two, real, two perceptions in reality, two general perceptions. One is called Das Elyon, and the other one is called, called da, Das Tachtoin. What's her name? Chana, in her song, when she had Shmuel Navi, she said, Kikel Deois Hashem. That Hashem is the God of two deos. What are the two deos? Kikel Deois Hashem, what are the two deos? So Chassidus says it means the two general perceptions of reality. When you're living in Atzilus, when you're looking at the world from the divine, the perception, the reality that they perceive over there is Lamai Loyash or Lamata Ayam. What does that mean? They see the entire process of creation of going from something to nothing. Why? Because for, before creation, what's in existence? God. What's the process of creation? Hashem begins to create filters and blockages and obscures and obscures and makes his energy less and less. I was speaking in, in, um, in Moore Park this week and I spoke this whole idea of how the, uh, to, to a non-religious crowd, we were talking about the evolution of the worlds. We spoke about the tzimtzum and the contraction and how the, God's infinite light was first filling all of existence. And then it started a process of a, a complete black hole. And then Hashem reintroduced a little thread of light. And the thread of light starts creating worlds. And there's a filter. And there's more filters. And it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until it's dim. So after the class, someone said, why are you calling that evolution? You should call that devolution. So I wasn't really, um, um, what's it called again? I'm not so... Uh, uh, knowledgeable in English. I only know my few words that I learned picking up, reading Tanya in English. But oh, besides that, I didn't have no English education from learning in Belzecheder. 
So I didn't really, so I, I'm thinking devolution. I figured, I, I saw it, I was figuring out what he wants, but first I thought maybe it's, he means from the word devil, it creates the devil. Then he explained, I said, well, I, I felt really silly not knowing what it is. But then <laughs> he said, devolution means when things evolving, evolution means when things evolve to be more sophisticated. And devolution means they evolve to become less. And that's really what's going on over here. And that's the perception from above. You begin with reality, with what's real, what, what's true existence, and you move into what's, what's, what's imaginary existence. The less light, the less energy, the less something exists. And the more, the further you go down the trail of creation, the more God's light is dim, the more the consequential creation is really nothing. Till you reach the very, very last creations that are really absolute nothings, because they have very little energy. And being that they don't even recognize the energy that they have, so they're really just living in an, imagine, an imaginary existence. They're really iron. So that's the perception as it is from the world of Atsilas. You see how up there is yesh, and anything that's low is iron is nothing. But that's not our reality, because how do we talk about God when we say the creation? We say Hashem created yesh me ayin. So that means that our fundamental way of seeing, perceiving reality is that we're yesh. Because the way we see things is our, because when God pulls out and it only leaves a tiny little bit of energy, what does that do? That, that vacuum, so to speak, that emptiness creates this illusion of our dense existence, even though we, whatever we have is only God, but it creates this mitzvah as if this is real reality. This is mitzvah. And God, uh, we understand that He exists, but He's iron. He's, he's, it's, it's not, it's not, not concrete. And we say the world was, and the more you lower you go, the more yesh it is. Bechlal, you know, when, when you talk to someone about angels, it's like, well, what have you been drinking lately? You know, uh, what have you been sipping? <laughs> or smoking? And I, uh, it's, it's not real. Especially someone, okay, everybody knows of angels, but someone was really talking about them as if they're, especially if they say they communicated, do they say, I'm going to it's, it's luft, it's, it's, it's air, it's not, it's not real. This is the real world. So you see, and, and, the, and the more loftier it is, the more unreal it is. The more I and the more nothing it is. So these are the two deos, the two, two, opposite, two opposite realities. So Atsilas, since Atsilas is in a state where it sees how God is and anything below is nothing, so Atsilas is in a state of Union with God, because there's nothing else there. Anything that's not God, it doesn't exist. So Atzilus is in a state of Achdas. The lower three worlds is in a state of Pirud, not Achdas. That means that there is still a conflict between the two Deis. When Mashiach is going to come, the two Deis are going to even out. The perception from below and the perception from above is going to be the same, which means even below we're going to realize that Lamayla Yash, that above is Yash, means that God is Yash, and Lamata Ayin. Even in a world that was created through the powerful. Now, what, let's understand something. What creates this whole change of perception? It's not we that created it. The Pasuk says, Kikel Deois Hashem. Hashem is the source of both Deois. That Hashem is the one who flips this idea over and makes it look as if we are real. And He is like, and particularly what element of God? The big filter. The big gigantic filter that's under Atzilus. That filters and blocks godliness from continuing on. The revelation of Hashem to continue. That's what creates the yeshus of this world. 
the strong sense of substance that we feel ourselves as so concrete and so real and godliness as something distant and removed is because of the powerful filter of Malchus, which is the name of Elohim. Or the name of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, but in this case, it's the name of Helem, concealment, the name of Elohim. When we, what's our Avoida? Our Avoida is to be an Oived Elohim. Oved Elohim doesn't only mean to serve God. Oved Elohim means, it's like you take a piece of leather. In Hebrew, what is the word that is used? Oved to work is one of the Lama Tes Malachas and Shabbos is Ma'abed. Ma'abed means a tannery. You're, doing it, you, you're, you're, you're working out a hide. Take a hide and you bend it back, forth, back. Oved Elohim means that our Avoida is to take the name of Elohim and all those concealments and bend it and twist it. I mean, by constantly breaking our egos throughout our lives. The, the full, total collection. Imagine this. Think about it. Every time any human, every Jew has overcome his own personal desire of ego, of saying, I want to sleep now. I want to take a nap now. I want to eat now. I want to leave me alone. I don't want to daven mincha. I don't want to make a bracha. I don't want a bench now. I'm too lazy. I went into bed already. I don't want to get negelvasar. I don't want to say kriyashma. I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. I don't want to. All these things. That, and every time we overcome and push ourselves, what are we doing? We're fighting this idea saying that I, I am and God is not. And we're saying God is more important than me and my laziness and my hunger and my tiredness and my this and my that. And I'm doing it. God is more real than me and I'm doing it His way. So that's called Oyved Elohim. We're working the hide of Elohim. We're breaking it. And what are we enabling? That in the world of Elohim down here below, we should be able to see things in the same way as it is in Atzilus. So that's the... But the, but the ability to do that came from where? The ability to do that came from where? From Matan Torah. Before Matan Torah, there was no way to break through that filter. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be fully revealed. Until Mashiach comes, it's happening, but it's not revealed. But what gave the power? Matan Torah was the breakthrough. That's the apostle that says, Moshe Yedaber, Moshe speaks. Speaking, we said in the beginning, means Moshe was conducting the light. Moloshan Hanhaga, Yedaber means to lead. As it says, Yadber Amim Tachtenu. He would lead nations to be under us. So Moshe Yadabim means Moshe will lead the godly light from Atzilus down into Bri Yetzirah. The Elohim and Sphiras Amalchus, the filter, not just the filter, and everything below the filter, which is part of that concealment, Ya'anenu Bekoil, is answering, meaning accepting, it's responding to what Moshe is saying. Moshe is saying, and that God is the MS, the Hashem is Einoid Movada, there's nothing but Hashem. And the Halomis and Esterim, the concealments of this world, they're joining, they are repeating after the same Indian. And that's going to culminate that when Mashiach will come, the three lower worlds, including Oilam Asiyah Agashmi, will admit and will finally see things. The same way the Abishta sees it. That's the meaning of ayin ba'ayin yiru, eye to eye. Now we have a different vision. We see things completely different than the Abishta sees. When Mashiach will come, it will be eye to eye. We will see, we'll be on the same page. Why? Because as Moshe Yedaber, as Moshe projected this truth from above, Elohim Yanenu, Elohim from below was answering him. 
Moshe was mashpia from this Indian from above. The Eloikim and Sphiris HaMalchus, the Shechina, and all the, the source of the Helem was also accepting it. That means Matan Torah wasn't just pouring light and it was just you know, pouring out. It was permeating Elohim. It was permeating the concealments to allow for this unification to happen. And this is what he's explaining over here. The higher union, and the lower union. But let's understand something. The perception of Elohim is also a union, a unity. Because Elohim, I was talking about Elohim as it manifests in the lowest levels, where it becomes chas v'shalom, an union of rebellion against Hashem, when it becomes a union of chas v'shalom, of avodizara, it becomes... But, you, but Elohim really is far more subtle. On the highest levels, it's, it's a yichud. It's a union. But it's not that God is the only reality. It's that Hashem creates us and we're surrendered to Him. But still, we're very real. In other words, yichud means the idea that we are somebody and the Abish there's a power over us and we have to submit to Him. That's, that's called the lower unity. The higher unity is that we realize there's nothing but God. So when we say, so there's the higher unity and the lower unity. When Mashiach comes, the two will become even. Yehudi Allah is the way we look at things from above. Which is, what's the perception? Kula kameh, all before him, kala is like nothing. The only reality is Abishter, nothing but him. Ulamayla hayesh, and up there is the real yesh. And down here is I and nothing, kula. What's the Yehudi what's the lower Yehud? Who behepech, the opposite. Hani yesh meayin, that down here is yesh. And up there is nothing. Shalamata hayesh. U b'shem zeh Hashem keil. Now the name keil, who b'chinas tikkun arisha in miyudi. What did we say earlier? That we said that eventually the two are going to become unified. Why are they becoming unified? Torah unifies. Torah bridges atzilus, consciousness, into our world. How does Torah have that power? We said it's coming from Moshe Rabbeinu. Who brought us the Torah Moshe? Where is Moshe Rabbeinu rooted? In Keser. In where? In the name Kale. The first, why? Because he says, what does the Pasuk say? Kale Deois Havaya. That the name Kale unifies the two Deois. Because the name Kale is even beyond Yehudi Allah. It's higher than Yehudi Allah. And therefore, to it, both are equal. Yehudi Allah and Yehudi Tata are both nothing. A perception that there's only God. Not only that the world's a bottle, but there's It's even higher than Achad. That's why, from the perception of Kale Deois, it can even out Atzilus and Briyatzir and Asiya. Koydel Beis Deois. Vuhukamoshe Kasev Ayoytze Yachad Libam. He creates both hearts. Hameven El Komasei and Boichin Kloyos. The Alkei Misham Nimshacha Koach. From there comes the ability. Sheyagiloi Gam Lamata. It's what we spoke earlier that by. Shvuas, the Chiddush of Shvuas is that the, the that the that the Matan Torah was Keser Torah, Keser Dafka. Liyoshavim that they both should be equal. The lower Yichud shouldn't conceal anymore. The way we perceive things should not in any more conceal and block on the revelation from the higher Giloi. The revelation below. Should be exactly like above. 
Elohim is the power of Hester, of concealment. Which gives off this appearance for us to feel our yesh, for us to feel ourselves as something other than God. That's the lower yichud. But we're saying, we will answer after Lamata Moshe Rabbeinu speaks and we repeat after him, word after word. That means the MS that Moshe Rabbeinu said was absorbed in the lower world that we can repeat it and make our world become aligned with Moshe's reality. Imagine when Mashiach comes, every Jew will see things in our physical bodies in the same perception like Moshe saw it. There's the meaning of when we say that when every time a Yid learns Torah, now the Altar Rebbe says it in the earlier Mayim, every time you're learning Torah, if you're learning the way you're supposed to, you're connecting to Moshe Rabbeinu, and you are Moshe, because the Moshe inside of you is talking. If you're learning Torah with Bittel, not with ego, if you're learning Torah with arrogance, it's not working, because it's contradicting Moshe. When you're learning Torah with self-effacement, and with self-negation, then Moshe Yadabir, Moshe speaks, Elokus is being channeled, what does it say? Every time a person learns, Hashem learns together with you. So I'll be pashed. How do you always learn it? It's a more in this mind. This, this is another five sentences and we're done, but this is over. So here, but it's just the last Indian. It's a very gishmak. Usually you learn, when you learn, Hashem learns with you. So whose learning is higher? Your learning or God's learning? Hashem's learning is much higher. When you learn, Hashem learns with you. Oh, so it's Gavaldi, Hashem is learning. Nah, 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 nah. The learning of the Yid, when he's learning as Moshe, not as him, is much higher than HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaira V'Shayna Kenegde. Why? When it says Moshe Yadabe Kim Yanenu, which one is higher? Moshe Yadabeh is much higher than Kim Yanenu. Moshe Yadabeh is the Hamshacha from Atzilus, the perception from Atzilus down. Elokim Yanenu is the world, the way the world see it, Yanenu repeat after him. Elokim is the, Moshe Rabbeinu is higher than Elokim, Moshe is called Ish HaElokim. He's Mashpia, he's the husband of Elokim. He is Mashpia to Elokim. Elokim is Malchus, Sphiris Malchus, the attribute that's already the world's. Moshe is the Mashpia to Elokim. Elokim is following him, copying after him. When a Yid learns Torah the way they're supposed to, so they can learn Torah in a manner of Moshe Yadaber. His words is channeling the Abishter. When you're learning Torah, you're channeling. And what is the Abishter doing? What is HaKadosh Baruch Hu It means the godliness of creation is Yoshev Vishayinah Kenegda is repeating after you. In other words, Hashem is making that what, what you're saying should become the reality down here as well. In other words, the godliness of the world is, is the filter, is being the tzimtzumim, the, the, the contractions are falling away. And Elohim is becoming enlightened and enbrightened like Havaya. And then Havaya and Elohim are going to be Kulachad. Hashem o Elohim, Hashem o Elohim. And the, 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 the revelation that way, looking from that way and looking from below, it's going to be the exact same. There's going to be any, there's going to be any more conflict. It's going to be just one peaceful union between no more dichotomy between heaven and earth, between God and the world, and between all through the Torah and all through the Bittal that we learn when we learn Torah. May we merit to, to see this uh, happen already now. L'chaim.